The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Great crowds were traveling with Jesus, and he turned to address them. If anyone comes to me without hating his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Which of you wishing to construct a tower does not first sit down and calculate the cost to see if there is enough for its completion? Otherwise, after laying the foundation and finding himself unable to finish the work, the onlooker should laugh at him and say, this one began to build but did not have enough resources to finish. Or what king marching into battle would not first sit down and decide whether with 10,000 troops he can successfully oppose the other king advancing upon him with 20,000 troops? But if not, while he is still far away, he will send a delegation to ask for peace terms. In the same way, anyone of you who does not renounce all his possessions cannot be my disciple. The Gospel of the Lord. Just a few hours ago in Rome at the Vatican, Mother Teresa was canonized. So she is now a saint, and uh, it, was, uh, it was amazing. I got to see some of the pictures and, and video. And she was um, uh, honored not only by having all of her, her missionaries of charity there, but also they, they brought all the homeless from all over the Vatican and from all over uh, the entire city of, uh, or the country of Italy, Bus, brought them in by buses just so the homeless could be there. And after that, they served them all pizza. All the local pizza shops brought pizza and they served all the homeless, all the nuns served the homeless pizza. So I think it was a wonderful celebration for Mother Teresa. And on, her, on this day of her canonization, we're, we're given this gospel reading, which is so strong and so powerful. And she had a personality like that. She was strong and she was powerful. And she was, even though she was really a little tiny, she, um, she would take on anybody because of her love for God and her love for the poor. And that's the two things that I'm going to talk about. So love for God, but also a renouncement of any possessions, giving of everything that we have. So Jesus uses these strong words in the gospel. This is a gospel that should kind of punch us in the stomach when we hear it and think like, wow, what does he mean by that? You know, this is the, the Jesus of love that tells us to love everyone and honor our, our, our mother and father. And here he says, if anyone comes to me without hating hating his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. It's a pretty strong word, right? I learned around my nieces, I'm not even allowed a word to say the, to say the, way, the word hate. It's a bad word. It's a four-letter word now, I guess. But Jesus says this, without hating his father and mother and wife and sister and brother and children and self for my kingdom, cannot be my disciple. And he goes on even stronger. Whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. 
So I was really going through a lot of the, the, the scripture scholars and studying what this meant and why Jesus said this. And some of the, the, the more modern scholars would kind of, you know, say, ah, he didn't really mean hate. The Greek had only one word for, for hate. And, and so it could either be very strong or very subtle. This was maybe probably more of a subtle one. You know, Jesus, Jesus uh, said that if, if anyone does not, comes to me without liking his mother or father less, liking them less is not worthy. Now, I think that's like a fine translation. If you need that, if you can't like just wrestle with this heavy word, that's a good translation. Unless you like your mother, father, husband, or wife, or children less than Jesus, you can't enter the kingdom of God. But I think the, the translators kept the word hate in there for a reason. First of all, I think he was trying to get, Jesus was trying to get their attention. Remember? So there's crowds of people. And so he screams out, unless you hate your mother and father, sister and brother and wife and children and yourself, you cannot be my disciple. And this must have got their attention, right? Hopefully it's got your attention too and, and my attention. Hopefully we, we really wrestle with this. What does this mean? Well, the reality is, and it comes down to the end, unless you renounce all of your possessions, you cannot be my disciple. And those possessions for us not only include material things, but also people in our lives. We, we ultimately can't cling to any person to, to anyone, to anything above our clinging to God. God has to be first and foremost in our life. So that's the first point I want to make, is that when Jesus says hate, he's saying, if anyone gets in the way of God being first in our life, we should hate that person. We should hate that situation. We shouldn't tolerate that situation. And I look at Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa, so her, we all know her big thing was serving the poor, but even bigger than that was her prayer. Mother Teresa spent an hour of adoration every morning, and she actually did two hours every morning before she did service. She would get up early, and the first thing that she did in her day was pray. She put God first, even above the poor. And the reality is for all of us, sometimes people will try to get in our way of loving God. So whoever does not hate mother or father. So I think for Mother Teresa, she did leave her mother and father. She left them behind and served the poor. Jesus honored his father and mother, but I can't imagine Mary and Joseph were thrilled when 30 years old, he goes, hey, by the way, mom and dad, I'm going to leave for a few years and just kind of go gallivant the, the countryside and uh, you're going to have to take care of all the work at home. You know, but God was first in his life. He put God first. And sometimes we might feel a duty to our parents that comes above God. And, 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 and there are those times that it's really painful that we do have to choose God. I'll give you an example. I just met a man that came from India, and he had a conversion. So he, he, he was, um, uh, why can't I think? He was Hindu. He was Hindu. He had a conversion to Christianity, came to know Christ, and, and he's thinking about the Catholic faith now. And when he had that experience, his, his family completely rejected him. And uh, they kind of really put the guilt trip on him because he was leaving his family and, and following Christ. And it caused this tension in his family. And, it's, and as I was talking to him, you know, you realize it's, it's okay. It, it's better for him to follow Christ even though it causes tension in the family. I think about husbands and wives. You know, so sometimes it'll cause tension in a family when one spouse is more dedicated to God than the other. I was, in a, I was taking an Uber the other day, and I was talking to the driver, and uh, he was asking me, I was wearing my collar, so I said, how's, he was just, just got married, it's been a year, and I said, how's married life? I said, tell me, tell me your high and low of marriage, and he looks at me, he goes, Father, in the rearview mirror, it's all been a low, and I go, what? 
And, uh, and he goes, it's all been low. There was somebody else in the car with us, so I didn't want to get into it, so I just was kind of like softening. So I said to the girl next to me, I said, well, you know, sometimes in marriage, she, and she, hasn't, she wasn't married yet, she was just dating. I said, sometimes in marriage there's stressors, and the top three stressors are usually finances, faith, religion, and children, sex and children. Those are usually the top three stressors. So I was just trying to trying to tell her that marriage can be stressful, whatever. So she gets out of the car and he looks at me in the in the mirror and he goes, Father, it was all three of those. <laughs> so we talked about it. We talked about each one and uh, you know the, the division in his heart um, because you know he, he wanted to practice the faith and, and the wife didn't. He was very serious about the faith and the wife was pulling him away from it and she was actually growing resentful. Anytime he would go to church or go to Mass, she would, she would become resentful. Well, those are one of the cases where God has to be first. You know, I know sometimes it's, it's true for women. You know, sometimes the women will be very dedicated. And even, even my, my, my parents at home are like this sometimes. My mother loves to go to adoration on Sunday night and they'll drive my dad nuts. You know, because she'll leave the family at Sunday night at 9 and he says, why don't you just stay here with the family? But she is loving God first. And I've always thought that that was a great example. Children, I think uh, right now, this is probably, I think the biggest idolatry that we have right now is, is wanting to give our kids everything and thinking our kids need to have every experience in life. And I think about this especially with sports, you know. So sometimes people will say to me very honestly and candidly, Father, we just couldn't make it to Mass this weekend. You know, we had, we had traveling volleyball. I had like three volleyball games all over the state. And, you know, we had soccer practice. And, and they're going on and on about all this stuff. And I want to say, so what? God has to be first in your life. And even if your kids hate you because they have to miss an event or a tournament or whatever, bring them to Mass. God has to be first. And sometimes children will, will hate their parents for this. You know, sometimes kids don't want to go to Mass. Sometimes they don't want to go to church. Sometimes they don't want the good things that they need. And that's okay. It's going to cause tension at times. And then he says, our very own self. So that means there's going to be things in our life that we're going to be tempted to put first before God. And so I think the ultimate litmus test is the Sunday Mass. So the Sunday Eucharist is the source and summit of our life. If we miss Mass for any reason on Sunday, the, the church gives us two dispensations to miss Mass. Do you know what they are? Sick? Okay, so if you're ill, you don't have to, be, you don't have to come to Mass if you're sick. Please don't come to Mass if you're sick. Spare me, spare all of us. And the second one is pregnancy. Okay, so if you're pregnant or if you're having a, a newly born child, you don't have to come to Mass. If you're not pregnant, you've got to come to Mass. <laughs> you know, so those are the only two dispensations that we have. But look at all the other things that sometimes fill, the, fill that place. And, and we say, oh, i got this going on. I can't make it to Mass this weekend. Or even I'm on vacation. I don't want to go to Mass this weekend. If we ever miss Mass, we ultimately have made something else or someone else more important than God. We've made them an idol. And Jesus would hate that we made someone or something else above his Father. And we should hate if we put someone or, someone, someone or something else above God our Father. And ultimately, that's what, what, what brings us to the last line. In the same way, I say to you, anyone who does not renounce all of his possessions cannot be my disciples. 
So if there's anything that gets us in the way of God, we must renounce it, we must hate it, we must get rid of it, we must allow ourselves to put God first in our life. So the first litmus test is Sunday. Sunday celebration needs to be the source and summit of our faith. If there's anything that tempts us to get rid of it, we must renounce it. And I think the second is daily prayer. You know, so the, the missionaries of charity, the Mother, Mother Teresa's nuns, she made them all make holy hours every day. And there was a great story of this one nun that said to, the, to Mother Teresa, she said, Mother, praying's really not my thing. Um, I really just want to be with the poor, and we can't keep up with everything we're doing. Would you just let me out of my holy hour and serve the poor? Guess what Mother Teresa said to her? You're not just doing one hour now, now you're doing two. <laughs> she made her do two holy hours every day for the rest of her life. She had to do two holy hours. Because she knew, Mother knew, that even above serving the poor, prayer with God is most important. And so that's the second thing I would just like to mention for you to think about, is think about daily life, your daily prayer. Do you pray every single day? Do you put time aside for prayer? In the gospel, the same gospel, Jesus is telling us to make a plan. You know, if you're going to lay a foundation, make sure you have the resources, make sure you have the money. If you're going to go to war, make sure that you are going to be able to win the war. And every day is like a war for us. You know, the enemy is fighting against us, trying to keep us away from God, and we have to put firmly a place for God in our day. So I just ask you that question, do you do that? Is there a time every single day that come hell or high water, you're going to make God first? Now, the saints and the mystics, Mother Teresa, called this a holy hour. And so for, for her and her nuns, they all did a holy hour. For a lot of uh, priests and religious, we do a holy hour. Lay people all are encouraged to do a holy hour. Maybe you can't do a whole hour and uh, start off with anything, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. Get into that rhythm of daily putting God somewhere in your day and first in your day. And if anyone tries to get you away from that holy hour, renounce it. If anyone tries to get you away from that holy hour, renounce it because God ultimately must be first in our life. Today we celebrate this wonderful celebration of a great saint in Mother Teresa. And she showed us, you know, what it was to love God with all of her heart, to sometimes go really hard and strong up against people. She not only loved the poor, but she was able to renounce any possessions as well to be able to truly serve them and to be with them. That's my hope for all of you, is that you do actually walk away with a little bit of a punch in your stomach from the gospel today. You know, that it does shake you in some way, and me in some way, it has me, to realize that God needs to be number one in our lives. We have to be all in with God. We can't hold anything back, any person or anything. And so if you feel like anything has kept you away from God or kept you away from the, the sacraments or kept you away from your daily prayer, maybe right now is your time to recommit to make that plan, to build your life around God, to make the Sunday Eucharist the summit of your life, to make daily prayer the most important thing that you day, and to ultimately commit your life to God so that you can be the disciple that he has called you to be.